And our reading today um, from God's Word is from Revelation 15, chapter 15, verses 5 through to 16, verses, verse 21. And that is on page 1,244 in your Bibles. So that's beginning at Revelation chapter 15, verse 5. After this, I looked, and I saw in heaven the temple, that is, the tabernacle of the covenant law, and it was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining linen and wore golden sashes round their chests. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go, pour out the seven bowls of God's wrath on the earth. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land and ugly, festering sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it turned into blood like that of a dead person, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the waters say, you are just in these judgments, O Holy One, you who are and who were, for they have shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch people with fire. They were seared by the intense heat, and they cursed the name of God, who had control over these plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and its kingdom was plunged into darkness. People gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. The sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are demonic spirits that perform signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Look, I come like a thief, Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as to not go naked and be shamefully exposed. Then they gathered the kings together to the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on earth. So tremendous was the quake, 
the great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations collapsed. God remembered Babylon the great and gave her the cup filled with wine of the fury of his wrath. Every island fled away and the mountains could not be found. From the sky, huge hailstones, each weighing about 40 kilograms, fell on, the, fell on people. And they cursed God on account of the plague of hail, because the plague was so terrible. Well, thank you, Dawn, very much indeed for reading that. And um, welcome to you if you're new. You must be wondering what you've come to after reading like that. Um, but we're just working through the book of Revelation, and that's the uh, part that we've come to, chapters 15 and 16, as we think about this last book of the Bible and what it teaches us about not being afraid. We're going to think about how that works in a minute, but first I'm going to pray as we begin. So let's pray together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, that your Spirit is the comforter and our counsellor and our guide, that he's both the Spirit of life and the Spirit of truth. And I pray that he will be at work in every single one of us here this afternoon as we understand your truth and, and so find life and comfort in your Son. And we pray these things in his name. Amen. Uh, sometimes you have a piece of clothing uh, which is so precious that you won't take it off. I don't know if you've had that experience. It tends particularly to happen to students, I find, but not, it's not exclusively them. Here's a picture of, um, of, of Dawn and me in 1991. Uh, we're in Green Park. This before, before we started going out. We're having an ice cream fight, um, I think, at that particular moment, which, as I recall, Dawn won. But notice the brown cardigan that I'm wearing. That's what I want you to particularly notice, that, that brown cardigan. It was given to me as a present. You can see in 1991, it already had elbow patches that I sewed on myself. I sewed on the elbow patches. So keen was I to preserve this particular piece of clothing. I carried on wearing it uh, for another 10 years um, from the time that this photo was taken. That, well, the pockets were hanging off. It had holes in you could put your hand through. But I loved that cardigan, uh, that, that brown cardigan. I was inseparable from it. Sometimes you have, you have a piece of clothing which is just so precious that you just can't take it off, if you've had that experience. And, and there's a certain piece of clothing in Revelation 16 that Jesus wants you to take the same approach to, um, if I can put it like that. It's a chapter and a half of the most terrible and awful judgment. I'm sure you noticed that as Dawn read it, as the, the bowls... The, the, the golden bowls of God's wrath are poured out on the earth, the most dreadful suffering that comes as people are judged. But in the middle of that is one verse of Jesus' direct words. I don't know if you noticed that. It comes in, in verse 15. There's a command from the voice of Jesus. One command amidst all of the suffering and and terrible description of God's judgment. And it comes in verse 15 of chapter 16. This is what Jesus says. He sort of interjects. He sort of suddenly speaks in, in the middle of this account. And he says this, Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Now, we've, we've come across those clothes before, 
and um, they're clothes that are given to God's people as a, as a present. Not, not a brown cardigan, but, but the white clothes of purity that Jesus gives you. And, and if you're wearing those clothes of, of righteousness that show that God's put you right with him, you'll have nothing to be afraid of when God's wrath comes. That's the message of um, chapters 15 and 16. Because the seven bowls of God's wrath uh, are going to come. That's the section that we're looking at. And, and it's the last one of these sevens in this section of, um, of Revelation. Perhaps you can see the sort of divisions on the screen. Uh, the seven seals tell us all about the persecution of God's people. And the seven trumpets tell us all about the, the mission of God's people. And then Last week, the unnumbered signs, they teach us all about the war in heaven, do you remember? And then the seven bowls, the seven golden bowls, teach us all about judgment on earth, God's judgment on earth, his wrath, his settled anger, uh, the way in which we've pushed him to the side and rejected him. Four overlapping views of history, but grounded in the reality of a suffering church Christians who are holding on to those clothes of, of righteousness, washed, it, it says in chapter 7, in the blood of the Lamb. Three things uh, we need to know in the midst of that battle. And the first one is this. God will be glorified. That's in chapter 15 on page 1244. God will be glorified. Let me uh, read out these words from, from verse 5. After this, I looked. In, in the book of Revelation, that marks out a new section of, 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 of the vision that John's seeing. After this, I looked, and I saw in heaven the temple, that is the tabernacle of the covenant law, and it was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues. They were dressed in clean, shining linen, and wore golden sashes round their chest, just like Jesus did in, in chapter 1 of Revelation. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. The wrath of God, his settled anger at our rejection of him. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. In, in, in one sense, you see that the smoke is the problem, uh, if I can put it like that. The, the, the smoke is the problem. There, there was a, a time back in Exodus, in the second second book of the Bible, when Moses had built a tabernacle. It's a sort of um, it's a tent where, where people went to meet with God. And, and this is what happened when the, when the tabernacle was complete. You can see it up on the screen. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. M Moses builds this tabernacle. It's one of his big projects. And then he can't go in. Extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, we've just had 15 chapters describing the tabernacle, and, and the first thing that happens 
is that Moses isn't allowed to enter because of the purity of God. And, and exit, the book of Exodus ends, and he's left standing outside the tabernacle. And then the beginning of Leviticus, God calls him from inside the tabernacle. <laughs> you see, he's, he's left outside. And, and then a similar thing happens um, with, the, with the temple. Uh, 500 years later, when Solomon's building the temple, um, and um, you can see it at, at the bottom of the screen, when the priest, priest withdrew, this is from 1 Kings, when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Uh, when, when I was at university, uh, they, they built a new building for us. We were the first people to, to go in in September. The fire alarms kept on going off the entire time, and Sort of halfway through every lecture, we'd have to run out onto the, uh, onto the front lawns and uh, they'd find out how few of us had actually turned up for the lecture. In a new building, the fire alarms go off all the time. But here, th there are two new buildings and, and Moses and then the priests are, are, are running for their lives because of the purity of God. It's like it's radioactive. So you see verse 8 of um, chapter 15 of Revelation. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. The heavenly, the heavenly temple is filled with smoke. God's purity is, is, is the problem, if, if you want to put it like that. Um, we say from time to time here at Trinity that that Christianity is a rescue religion. Um, I, I hope you know what I, what I mean by that. It's, it's not a rules religion, as, 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 as lots of religions are, lots of religious systems where you do this and you do that and you, and you go on a pilgrimage and you, and you fulfill these laws and you wear these clothes. And, and then it's like you, you, you get the pass mark. Christianity isn't a religion like that. It's a rescue religion where God comes and saves you. And... But the thing is this, in one sense, God is offering us a rescue from his own purity and his own rejection of sin. That's what God's rescuing us from. I, um, if I could recommend one book on Revelation, I recommend this. This is the, the best 84-page book on Revelation you'll ever read. Okay, Re Revelation unwrapped. unwrapped. I, um, I quoted John Richardson, the writer, last week. I'm going to quote him again. You'll, you'll see him on the screen. Um, this is what he says. We are reminded once again that though God is a great saviour, he saves us from his own wrathful judgment against sin. You see? There's a sense in which God is saving us from himself. It says in Romans, he's both just and the one who justifies. God will be glorified. The temple is full of his smoke. You know, if we thought that getting close to God was a given, we might need to think again. On, on the cross, God was saving us from himself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why we want to hold on to the clothes of purity, because they're so precious. Hold on to the clothes you were given, says Jesus, the, the ones washed in the blood of the Lamb. 
Because secondly, sin will be punished. Sin will be punished. That's our second point. And it comes from the first five bowls in Revelation 16, 1 to 11. Can you see how final this is? So final. Look, lots of things that happen when, when the bowls are poured out that Dawn read, read to us earlier on. Um, I like the things that happened when the trumpet sounded back in chapter 8, if, if you remember that. Um, John's writing in, in picture language. Uh, this isn't documentary, but it's a description of how awful it would be when, when God comes in judgment. The sea turned to blood, the sun and the, and the rivers judge. Pictures actually that pick up on, on the book of Exodus, if, if you remember the plagues in that part of the Bible. But, but back at, in chapter 8, when we were learning about the trumpets, it was, do you remember, a third of the natural world that was affected. Um, that was a warning. Uh, God saying, wake up. This is, a, this is a loving warning. All is not well. Judgment is coming. But here in chapter 16, it's not a third, but the whole. This is, this is final judgment. This is Armageddon. This is the end. Um, it, it, it's so final. <laughs> there's, um, there's lots of overlap with the previous sevens, the, the seven bowls and seven seals and, and the seven trumpets. But back then, um, with the seals and the trumpets, there was a sort of pause between number six and number seven when the church was called to witness. That, that's what we're called to do at the moment, to, 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 to witness to Jesus. That's the point of the Ethiopian coffee lunch and the treasure trail, to witness to, to Jesus. But when we come to the bowls, that time is gone. That time's gone. Um, now, if anything, verses 9 to 11, people will go down fighting. Sadly, verses 9 to 11, they refuse to repent. This is final. That, that's why the time for warning is now. Um, did you, did you read some of those during, during the week? Did you read some of the warnings that were given to the designer of the Titan submarine? It's terrifying. Um, did you read that? Back in 2018, someone sent an email. No matter how good the pilot, a vehicle that has inherent flaws of sufficient quantity will be dangerous. And the designer replied... We've heard the baseless cries of you're going to kill someone way too often. Don't be like that. Please don't ignore the warnings. Judgment will come and it will be final, says God. But do you, do you see how, how right his judgment is? You can pick that up in verse 5 of, of chapter 16. Verse 5, then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, you are just in these judgments, O holy one, you who are and who were, for they have shed the blood of your holy people and your prophets, and you have given them blood to drink as they deserve. And the people under the altar reply in verse 7, yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgments. We need to ask ourselves what the alternative would be. Do you, um, do you really want a world where God is indifferent to suffering and bloodshed 
and exploitation. Do you, do you want a world like that? Um, do you want a God like that? Who has no displeasure at all at what we're doing with his world? Judgment's an uncomfortable thing. I, I find it deeply uncomfortable. But it is a right thing. And perhaps you've seen the film, uh, I've put a shot from it behind me, 12 Years a Slave. Have you seen that film? Um, it's very hard to watch. It's about uh, the horrific brutality of slavery in the 19th century in, in America. But there's this powerful scene where um, an abolitionist, someone who, who wants to see slavery ended, called Samuel Bass. He's the one on the right. He's a Canadian builder, and he's called in to do some building work at the house of a, of a slave owner. And he sees the way that the slave owner is, is treating his slaves, um, and, and he decides to challenge him. This is what he says. These slaves are human beings. If they are allowed to climb no higher than brute animals, you and men like you will have to answer for it. There is a fearful ill resting on this nation, and there will be a day of reckoning. And we would want that. We would want that. It's good news. It's right. You know, some people say they they can't believe in a God who judges. I can't believe in a God who doesn't. Justice demands it. But God delays. He's delaying. Please don't mistake um, God's patience for, for God's defeat. He's not defeated at all, although the secular world uh, would conclude that he has been. Um, do you know that saying? Uh, beware the anger of a patient man. Do you know that? Um, sin will be punished. It, it's, as if, it's as if, one writer puts it this way, it's as if we've committed cosmic treason. Um, it's true in our country, isn't it? If, we, um, uh, if, if I go up and, and, and sort of punch Al in the face, I'm, Al, I'm not going to. I, I wouldn't dream of it. Then I'll, I'll, get, I'll get done for GBH. If I, if I go and um, punch a policeman, um, then I'll be, uh, I'll be given a more serious sentence. If I go and attack the king, then I'll be given a more serious sentence still. What if I rebel against the God who made me? Sin will be punished. Please hear the warning. And if you, if you haven't found those clothes of, of Jesus' purity, then, then ask today where you can find them. They're freely given. And they're all you need to survive God's judgment and his right justice. Because one day, the war will be over. That's our, that's our third point. And our final point this afternoon, one day the war will be over. We, we saw last week in heaven there's a, there's a cosmic battle going on. And, um, and, and, and it was one when, when Jesus died on the cross. You remember Satan was, was thrown out of heaven. And, um, and, and then, but like a cornered animal, he's still sort of lashing out at God's people. And, and some of us are getting hurt. And he uses the two beasts of sort of, amongst others, the two beasts of political pressure and false religion. And maybe 
you were very weary of the battle this afternoon. Maybe you're feeling really tired of, of, of standing up time and time again at your workplace, in your family, uh, with your, uh, amongst your friends. You're tired of, of, of being a Christian. And I know there's some people here who've told me they're feeling incredibly weary of, of that fight and battered and bruised. So be encouraged by the last two bowls, which tell us that the struggle won't go on forever. It won't last forever. Let me read from chapter 16, verse 12, top of page 1245. Here we go, verse 12. The, the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are demonic spirits that perform signs, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. It, it's picture language, not a documentary, but it's, it's describing a, a final day, a last great showdown. And, and, and the, the, the bowl of God's wrath is poured on the Euphrates, and, and, and that prepares the way for these evil kings to come in from the east in, in, in the Old Testament evil kings, the Assyrians and the Babylonians come in from the east. In fact, in Revelation, they come in from all over the world. And for this big final battle, it's never actually really described, uh, perhaps because the outcome's so, so certain. And then outcome's described in the seventh bowl, verse 17. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and out of the temple came a loud voice from the throne saying, It is done. In, in, in the same way that Jesus cries on the cross, to remember, it is finished. He's completed salvation. He's paid in full for your wrongdoing and mine. And, and then in Revelation, it is done. Judgment is completed. It, it's all finished. Babylon's demolished, verse 19. Just like they're demolishing the tower block opposite us. So they can build a new one. Babylon's been demolished so that work on the new creation can begin. Look, says Jesus, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed so as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Please be warned, Jesus will come like a thief. That's the whole point. Jesus tells us that himself in, in the book of Matthew. It, it looks to us now like things are way out of control, Christians getting hurt, the devil lashing out, but Jesus is coming like a thief. We don't have advance warning. That, that, that's the point. Thieves don't work like that. You know, when, when you get one of those notifications from Amazon, other delivery companies are available, and, and they say... Um, you know, I'm 20 stops away. You, you, you don't get one of those from a thief. Saying, I've just got, I've got 20 burglaries to go. I'll be with you at 7.37 tonight. There are no signs that a thief is coming. And then they're there. Please be warned. God's case against us is just and, and is final and it is watertight. Beware the anger of a patient man. Don't misinterpret 
his delay. Please don't go home tonight without finding the safety you need. I don't want to be alarmist, but today might be your last chance. These aren't what the designer of that submarine would call baseless cries. They're real. But if, if you found that safety, hold on to it. If you're dressed in those clothes, don't let them go. Yet the Laodiceans, you remember them? One of the letters was written to them at the start of Revelation. They let, they let go of the clothes they'd been given by becoming lukewarm. Hold on to the clothes of righteousness there, the white clothes that have been given to you, the ones that are washed in the, in the blood of the Lamb. You know, the, the, the people who you see at work and who aren't Christians, the people in your family who love you to stop this Christian rubbish, you know, your friends who are tired of you going to church and talking about Jesus, they would love you to wear the same clothes that they do. They would love that. But we're to hold on to the clothes of, of righteousness, to stay awake and remain clothed. Be, be faithful to Jesus. In, in whatever area you're struggling with this week, I'm struggling with things too. In those areas where we are struggling, Jesus made, has made you righteous already. That's the, that's the great news. You're already righteous. Hold on to the righteousness that he has given you. He's coming like a thief in the night, but we have nothing to fear because one day the, the war will be over and sin will be punished and God will be glorified and the way will be clear for the new creation and, and through the struggle we'll have reached his presence forever. Keep going. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we know that your judgment is a difficult thing to think about. It's hard for us to accept. But we know that in the end we need a moral judge of our universe. And so we know that one day your wrath will come and I pray that we would use the time until it does to warn others that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. Until then, Father God, I pray that we would stay awake and remain clothed in Jesus' righteousness. Thank you that it's like we're given clothes that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're, we're made pure at his expense. And so I pray that we would enjoy the clothes we've been given until that great and final day. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.